House of Panem International, welcome to our broadcast. Be blessed. Um, because of time, I cannot recap of what was um, uh, what I was preaching about last week, but I'm continuing. It's a continuity. But now I just want to deal with a different thing. I want to deal with the heart of the man. Um, let's look at Second Chronicles. 714. There is so much anointing in this house. There is the power of God that is right in this house. As, as we preach the word of God, listen attentively. Don't allow anything to disturb you because the presence of God is here. Like I said last week, that as we preach the word of God, because it is anointed, God will start to heal. God will start to deliver without anyone laying hands on you. The only thing that you have got to do, you have got to mix the word of God with faith. The Bible says it did not, they did not benefit from the word of God because they did not mix it with faith. There are benefits that are in the word of God. When you mix it with faith. And the other way of catching anointing. And the other way of catching anointing is to serve and honor. Is to serve and honor the people that God has put if you serve them, if you honor them, they might not transfer what they have by laying their hands. But as you serve them, the grace that is in them will drop right to you. I was, uh, it was not a surprise to me some other time where I was serving, like Apostle told you that I served for 23 years, it was, not, it, it was not a surprise one other time. There are things that we celebrate, but some other people will think that it is minor, but don't despise that. There was one other time when I was going to the church early in the morning, and I was alone. Then I decided to get into Wimpy and have my breakfast before I come to church. They gave me the menu. I looked at the menu when I was busy uh, trying to order what I'm supposed to eat. A gentleman came, looked at me, and he said to me, he said to me, Sir, Do not deprive my blessing. Would you mind? After ordering everything that you want to, after eating, please say, I want to take care of the bill. I want to take care of the bill. Just want to pay. Just want to pay the bill. I want to pay the bill. I did order what 
ordered a lot of things. I didn't even care how much the bill was. <laughs> what I'm driving to you is, it was the grace of the man that I was under. That kind of a grace. He did not lay hands to transfer that grace to me. But by saving. By saving, the grace came to me. By saving. It's not that, it's, it's not that I'm excited about that only. No, I used to go with him and see, him and see how people were honoring me. When he's not there, they will then start to honor me. I remember some other time he sent me to um, a, a certain place where there were bishops and other people. He couldn't go there. I went there. I went there. The title that was on me from day one, it was a five-day seminar. He paid everything for me. I was staying in that particular place. But the, the title that I was having from day one up to, up to the last day, they were all calling me bishop, 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 bishop. If they gather together, there's something that they need to do. They say bishop must lead. Bishop must lead. Bishop must lead. I mean, what you cannot get by revelation, you get it by relationship. What you cannot get by revelation, you get it by relationship. I know you guys, I just came now. Maybe you are playing. I'm not playing. And mark my life from now going on. There's a time I came to here. I, I came to here. She prayed for me. I, and I sp spent almost a day. The following day, there was a testimony. I phoned her. I told you that some of my clients, for any reason, they had left me. Some of my clients, I don't know what will be the reason, because there was a time when uh, somebody who used to own almost every building of home affairs department, I was maintaining. But uh, this Indian guy decided to sell the buildings to other people. But then when he sold those buildings, he referred those people to me that I should maintain. But by any reason, because it, I think because it was a black guy that was taking over, it is on people that would maintain. I forgot about that, those people. Five, six years, I totally forgot about those people. When I came here, when I worked in a house, and she asked if she can pay me, I refused. She asked if she can buy the material. I refused. I'm not saying refuse when you want to get paid. No. Get paid, but that will be your final pay. The following day, I phoned her. I saw those people that had forgotten me. Those people that were having their own. They called me. They said I must come. I must start to maintain these home affairs buildings. 
I am saying, if you can't get it by revelation, get it by relationship. Second, Second Chronicles 14, verses 7. Second Chronicles 7, 14. Amen. I will talk mostly about the will. I will talk mostly about the will. People that are proud, they are not willing to save. Proud people will never save. They don't care about other people because they are selfish. They care about themselves. They want to be saved. And when they are being saved, they criticize. They've got a standard of how you must save them. Because they don't have regard of other people. Proud people, it doesn't come to their consideration that they must save. They want to be saved. They want to be saved. But here God is talking about people that are humble. I have never seen a person who is humble, who has never been uplifted by God. And then when I looked at this scripture, I said, but God, how does this collaborate humbleness and prayer? Humbleness and prayer. How does it work together? Humbleness and prayer. How does this work together? I stand to reason, ladies and gentlemen, that a person who is not humble will not pray. Because God is saying, if my people who are called by my name, if they humble themselves, Number one, before you pray, you humble yourself. If they humble themselves, I will hear them from heaven. I will heal their land. People who are not humble, they don't pray. People who are proud of themselves, people who think that what they have, people who think that what they're driving, people who think that where they are staying, they got it. They obtained those things on their own. God says they don't pray. God is saying people that are pompous, people who are full of themselves, they will not serve. People who are full of themselves, they will not pray. Because he's saying, if my And pray. Which means a qualification to pray. A qualification to serve. 
you humble yourself. Amen. Let's look at Matthew 9. Matthew 6, 9 to 10. Matthew 6, 9 to 10. There is a powerful thing that God created in man. And that powerful thing is called the will. Will humble. It's a will. Will humble. Will humble. Called by my name. Will humble. Will humble. Will humble themselves. Let's look at Matthew 6, 9, and 10. When God created man, when he created uh, Adam, he said, let us make man who will be like us. And God was talking about uh, himself, God the Father, the Son, and the person of the Holy Ghost. Let us make man. That will be like us. He created the man. That is like him. But on completion of creating that man, God stepped aside and said, let us give him the will. Free him. Stepping aside now. I'm giving him a free will. So that that man can make choices. And when he has given him the will, he says, now you can have dominion. Using that free that free will. Have dominion. I'm giving you. And this is the most powerful thing on planet earth that God has given man. That is called the will. He says, if you are willing and obedient you will eat the best of the land. But he has given you a will. And that will is so powerful. Powerful. You see what God has given man, that is called a will, it is so powerful. It is so powerful. Very powerful. And also very dangerous. It's very powerful. It's very dangerous. It's dangerous in the sense that God says, okay, I've completed. I've given you the will. But now, have a free will. Choose what you want to choose. You've got choices. Choose what you want to choose. Then because God has given a man a will. So, he couldn't step over and get into that will and try to control that will. When it comes to the will, you are alone. 
You control it alone. God does not control it. It's yours. So the dangerous thing about that will is you can close God outside. You can open for God or you can close God outside. And if you close God outside, there is nothing that God can do. Because in the Bible, God says, I keep on knocking. I can't force this person to come into their heart. I, I will keep on knocking. I will knock. I can't kick the door. I will keep on knocking. If you want, because there's a will, you can open for him. If you don't want, because it's your will, you can close it for him. And there's, there's one thing that God cannot do is to force himself into your will. He cannot do that. He cannot do that. Men blundered, sinned, and God came with a plan. Christ died for the man. And God is saying, whoever accepts Jesus as their personal savior, I will forgive them their sins. But though it's like that, there are people that have closed their will. Because it's up to your will to accept Jesus as your personal savior or not. But though it's like that, people still have closed. We still have people that are not saved. Because they have closed for God. They have closed for God. But now, Christ is showing us how we can surrender our will. Let's look at Mark 14, 36. Mark 14, 36. Christ is showing us how we can surrender our will. Mark 14, verse 36. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but you will. Let's look at John 6.38. John chapter 6, verse 38. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Christ comes, and uh, uh, he's in the garden of Gethsemane. He comes... He goes to pray first. When he comes where he has left his disciples, he found them asleep. And he says to the guys, you guys, can't you be with me just for an hour? He goes back because now with Christ, things are now very difficult. He's going to face the pain. He's going to be tortured. He's going to be nailed on the cross. Things are now hard for him. He goes back for the second time where he was praying. He comes back. He, he finds the guys asleep. For the third time, he, said, he says to them, I can see 
The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Then he goes to pray now, the final prayer. He says, Father, if it is possible, if it is possible, you can take this cup away from me. But not my will, but your will. So what was Christ saying? Did really Christ want to go to die for us? Did he really want it to be nailed on the cross for us? Did he really want it to be tortured for us? No. No. He didn't want. He didn't want to be tortured for us. He didn't want to feel the pain for us. He didn't want his body to be wounded, bruised for us. No. No. But he's saying, not my will, but your Not how I feel. It's not about the feeling. It's not about how you feel when you serve God. We don't walk by sight, but we walk by, by faith. You surrender your will not because you feel like. This has nothing to do with feelings. Christ felt like he could not go to the cross. Christ felt like he couldn't endure all these pains. Christ felt like he could not be wounded because of you. But he's saying, Father, if it's possible, you can take this cup away, but not my will, but your will. I am surrendering my will to your will. Not my will, but your will. I'm surrendering my will to you. It's not how you feel. This thing has nothing to do with feelings. Feelings, they can deceive. This thing has nothing to do with feelings. It's not how you feel. Today you feel like you want to come to church. Today you feel you want to save him. Tomorrow you feel you don't feel like. It's not how you feel. In fact, I will encourage you that when you are at home, if the body refuses and you feel like not doing anything for God, that's where you must start to do something. If you feel like not praying, that's when you must start to pray. If you feel like not worshiping God, that's the way you must start to worship him. If you feel like not serving God, that's where you must start to serve him. It's not about the feeling. He didn't feel like going to the cross. He didn't feel like. Never did he feel like going to the cross. There are times where we don't feel like giving. There are times we don't feel like coming to church. There are times even when the praise and worship is going on, we don't feel like. We don't feel like. But this has nothing to do with the feeling. Serving God has nothing to do with the feeling. It's not how you feel. When you get into it and you start to worship him and you start to praise him, the body will follow the suit. Don't see me coming here crazy, worshiping him. Don't see me coming here dancing very crazy 
It's because this thing is personal. It's between me and God. It has nothing to do with you. It's between me and God. It's between me and God. I know what God has done in my life. And I know what God is capable of doing. You were not there when I was driving. And the front tire burst. I saw it in front of my car. And God saved me. You were not there when my daughter was lying in the hospital for 30 days and God saved me. You were not, you were not there when I didn't have food. I didn't have any relatives to go to. But God took care of me. So when you see me crazy, when you see me serving like never before, when you see me doing things like never before, I know where I'm coming from with my God. It's personal. It's personal. It is personal. It has nothing to do with you. It's personal. It's between me and God. It's personal. That's why I'm doing that. It's personal. The Bible says even the angels in heaven, they lay down their crowns. They worship you. You don't have even a crown. We are Shaina. You don't want to worship God. You don't have even a crown. Don't have a crown yet. But you come here. Let's worship. You are seated down. You, you. I, I, I can't judge you. <laughs> but the Bible says they lay down their crowns. And they worship you. You don't have a crown yet. <laughs> you don't have a crown yet. Jesus did not feel like going to the cross. You will feel like you don't want to give. When you feel like you don't want to give, give. That's where your breakthrough is. If you feel like you are not saving, go and save. Look here, we, we, we are fighting, uh, we are not only fighting the enemy here. We are also fighting our body. Your body also is number one enemy. A person is a spirit, has got the soul and lives inside the body. And the will that I'm talking about is in the soul. The devil is after the soul of our kids. The devil is after your soul. It's easy for a person to get born again. Because that's preaching the way they accept Jesus Christ. They are born again. Their spirit is saved. It's easy for you to come here because there, I can see you. Your body is there. But the Bible says, he that wins the soul is wise. It's not a joke to win a soul. Because that's where the renewal of a mind starts. And that's all the junk in the media the devil is showing our kids is trying to win their soul. All the junk that you are watching in the television saying days of our lives, days of their lives. <laughs> All that junk, they are trying to portray an example of how people should live. That's not it. They are trying to win your soul. How do you portray an example of how people are supposed to live when, 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 this, when this person, Ujola Lomus Wonke, from the father right up to the son? That's not the image of Christ. That's not the character of Christ that we, we are showing. 
Amen. Isaiah 1, 19 to 20. Yes. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. But if you resist and rebel, you'll be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Amen. If you are willing. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to concentrate on the will. Because God has given you a free will. But what, what must you do with your will? There is this thing in the cars that we call will alignment. We align our cars. Those that are driving, they will understand me very well. It's called will alignment. When the car is not aligned, you can still drive it. You can move from one place to another. But the car is not, it's not aligned. But what will be the difference? The difference is when you are driving, that car is shaking. When you are driving, that car it's shaking because it's not, it's not aligned. And some of the things might be dropping. And some of the things might be wearing out. Because you are driving. The ball joints and some other stuff are getting worn out. You are driving, you can move from one place to another, but the car is shaking. You are driving, you can move from one place to another, the car is shaking. If you are not aligned to the will of God, you can't be alive. You can't be born again. You can't be moving, but you are shaking. Your relationship, shaking. Your finances, shaking. Your mental state, shaking. You are moving, but you are shaking. You are praying, but you are shaking. Your prayer life, shaking. Your relationship with your kids, shaking. Your state of mind, shaking. You are there. You are alive. We are greeting you, but you are... Whatever you do, it's... You are <laughs> You are moving but you are Your finances are Relationship with your kids You have got to align yourself with the master You have got to get the master mechanic You align yourself When, when you align yourself with the master, you will have peace that surpasses all understanding. If the Bible is saying peace that surpasses all understanding, it does not mean that it's calm all over. No. No. Peace that surpasses all understanding will come in such a way that other people will say, why is this one having peace? Because it's peace when there's chaos. Is peace when there's drama around you. 
but there is peace. God gives you peace. When you start serving God and you are aligned, you are aligned with the master. You have aligned yourself with the master. You are now moving. There are things that are shaking, but you are not shaking. Finances around you are shaking, but you are not shaking. Everything around you is there, but you are not shaking. Why? Because you have aligned yourself. The will of God. You have surrendered your will to the will of God. You have surrendered. I surrender my will to your will. I surrender my will to your will. It's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. Allow me to talk to men and say to men, whatever you do, God will just allow you to do it. If you refuse to be a priest in your home, if you refuse to be a pastor in your home, God will allow you to live. But everything is not aligned. Everything at home will be Shake. You are a priest because you are willing to be a priest. You teach your kids the words because you are willing to teach them the way. Nowadays, if, if you are a pastor, you are holding both the position of being a priest and a prophet. What am I saying? In the Old Testament, a prophet will start from God going to people. In other words, a prophet will be carrying the message from God to, to the people. But a priest starts with the petitions of people. To, a priest starts from to so it is it is your will to do that if you refuse. But the position that God has given men is the position of a priest and a prophet in your home. And when and everything that we are going to tell our kids or how we are going to behave, gone are the days when we told our kids not to drink beer while we're drinking. Gone are the days when we used to tell our kids not to smoke, but we are smoking. Gone are those days. When you tell your kids not to drink, they must not see you drunk. When you tell your kids not to smoke, they must not see you smoking. Because you see, it's, it's all your will. It's all in your will. If God was having a shared will with Adam and Eve, before they could eat the fruit, God was going to come and snatch it. God was not going to allow them to eat the fruit. God was going to say, we are in this together. We are not taking that way. But God will just allow you. He will just allow you. He will just allow you. If you are a father, now I'm, I'm talking about all pa parents now. If you are a parent, you must be an example. You must be exemplary. What does it mean to be exemplary? It means when you discipline kids, you must discipline yourself. 
When you become a leader in the church, you must first of all lead yourself. You cannot be a leader before you lead yourself. You cannot discipline before you discipline yourself. Self-imposed discipline. Self-imposed discipline. It means I'll have to discipline myself. I have limitations, self-imposed limitations, self-imposed boundaries, self-imposed discipline. That's the will of God. That's the will of God. If I'm talking about self-imposed, I'm, I'm my own boss. I can go from 8 o'clock, probably tell my wife that I'm still at work up to 12 or 11 or midnight. But self-imposed discipline means if I finish at five, I must come home. Self-imposed discipline means if I am to work after five, I must get a phone and say, hey, sweetheart, I will come after five. Self-imposed discipline means even if apostle is not there and all you people, you are not there, I'm alone with God. I've got to discipline myself and behave and show the character of Christ and portray the Christ that we are talking about. But it all starts from the will. It all starts from the will. The will is situated in the heart. That's where the will is. It is in the soul, yes. But if, 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 you, if you study deep, if you study deep about the soul, it's all, everything revolves in the mind. Subconscious mind and the mind. Conscious mind. Subconscious mind and the mind. Amen. He says, I will remove the heart of a stone and put the heart of a flesh. The heart of a stone is not willing. The heart of a stone cannot serve. The heart of a stone will close doors for God. And God is saying, if you willing, I will remove the heart of a stone and put the heart of a flesh. The heart of a flesh is flexible. The heart of a flesh receives from God. It receives from God. It receives from God. But it all starts with the will. The will is the most powerful thing that God gave man. It can say no to God. To God the Almighty who created the universe, the God Almighty who created you, the, the, the will can say, no, you are not coming in. If we are willing. If we are willing. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, like I alluded last time and I spoke about marriage and I said to you, if you are a woman and maybe you are in courtship and you see that uh, you cannot submit to the authority of the so-called future husband, don't marry them. Don't. Because that's what the word of God says. That does not necessarily mean that if one, if God is saying one must submit, we are not equal. We are. We are equal. When God created Adam, 
Yes, we say Adam is the first person to be created, but the woman was created inside Adam already. When God made him to sleep, pulled the woman out, which means they were created, both of them. So, if you are to save and save effectively, you've got to submit to the authority of a person that God has put in. And if you are to save and save perfectly, you are supposed to save like hair. What does it mean? It means she is a servant of God. She is saving. But she has to pass on what she has to you. You must catch her feeling. Because even when I'm here, just for this month, I can tell you the pillars of the church. There are some people that when you ask them about House of Pena, they will, they, will, they, will, they will explain and tell you what's all about. If you, if, if you wake them and, and say, uh, uh, what about the House of Pena? They, 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 will, they will tell you. They will explain the vision. But there are some people that when you start to ask them, they will say, ah, go and ask a post. <laughs> I mean, they got it. They know what this house is all about. What I'm talking about, I'm talking about impartation. Impartation is when the leader starts to impart, to impart what she has to you. So that wherever you are sent or wherever you are going to service, it will be like as if it's her who has been serving. If she sends you somewhere to go and preach, it will be like it's her. There was a time when they sent me, whether it's, it's in weddings, to go and preach. I will stand and say, if Bishop was here, was going to say one, two, three things. And indeed, even if that person was not there, will agree with me that that's what he was going to say. Are there people right in this house who are ready to serve? If you are ready to serve, just lift up your hand. Are there people in this house who are ready to serve in this house? Please, just show me by lifting up your hand. Just show me by lifting up your hand. Before I sit down, I will give the mic to Apostle. I want her to impart what is in her to you. So that where you are going to hang you, it will be exactly... You see, Moses was busy trying to judge, trying to sort out a lot of things. Thank God for Obabazar. When Babazala came, I mean the father-in-law, when I'm saying Babazala. <laughs> when Babazala came, he said, no, 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 no. You can't work like this. You can't work from morning until sunset. People are coming with their problems. You want to solve them. Choose people. Choose people. You will only deal with situations that are very difficult. Situations that are difficult. And when you choose those, those people, lay hands on them. 
the spirit that is in you will go to, that, to those people. The spirit that is in you. Because serving, if we are to serve as a church, we must serve with one, one heart, one spirit. And the Bible says, even though Jesus promised them that the Holy Spirit is coming, they still prayed and they were in one. They were in one accord. The church cannot move if it's not in one accord. I did not, I did not ask this from her. But I'm just led. I'm just led that every person we support, including myself, every person we supposed to serve in this house, let what she has, let her impart what she has to the person that is here. Not only leaders, but everyone that is willing to serve, she must impart. Let what is in her move to you. Let it be transferred. Character will be worked out, but let it be transferred. Because impartation is not the character, but character will be it will be worked out by the word of God. The word of God will be renewed. Will renew you. And it will work out your character. There is a difference, ladies and gentlemen, be, uh, between people that have imparted, people that are gifted, and people that are matured spiritually. The Bible says those that are matured spiritually will see them by their fruit, not by their gift. Because the gift you are given. But the fruit, you take a seed, you put it down. You cultivate. You nurture it. You water it again. You wake it out. I mean, the character, you wake it out. Gift, you are given. Impartation can be transferred. But it's only transferred to those people who are willing. Because the things of God, they work by faith. Amen. Amen. I will give the mic to the apostle. But I'm just being led today, apostle, that whoever is going to work under you, you must impart. And the things of God has nothing to do with gender. That's why one person asked and said, uh, a, a man that is married to, to a wife and the wife dies and after that gets married to another person, when they go to heaven, how many wives is that particular person going to need? This gender thing is right, it's, it's, it's for here. It's for here. And even if God is saying you are the head of the house, he's not saying you are the head of everyone. He's saying the, you are the head of your own household. And he's saying your wife must submit to you and to you only, not to all men. He's not saying your wife must submit to all men. He's saying your wife must submit to you. You are the head of your own household. And if, if you are the head of your own household, you must also subscribe to the word of God. Because before you become a head, there's somebody who is a head. Because this notion of saying a man is the head, it's something that you get from the Bible. I've never seen a source of a book that speaks about a man being a head, but except 
the word of God. So if it's in the word of God, which means if you are the head, you must subscribe to the word of God. How do you become a head when you don't subscribe to the word of God? I must be a head because there is a head on top of me. I must be a head because when I speak, it's Christ that is speaking. I must be a head because I don't speak my mind, but I speak the mind of Christ. I mustn't be a head who forces himself, who forces respect. You don't force respect, you earn respect. You earn it. You earn it. I don't care. I will serve my wife the way God wants me to serve her. And full stop. How she retaliates, how she reciprocates, that's her own business. Because when I do that, I've covered myself. I will just act and serve her the way God wants to save me to save her. How she's doing it to me, that's her own business. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to our channel. Stay blessed.